0: Today on Rooted Daily, we follow the Israelites out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. And we'll find that even when we're stuck between a rock and a hard spot, God will rescue his people. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where we're rooting ourselves in the Bible so we can grow with God a little more every day. I'm Brandon Levy. And if we ever had any doubts before, when the Israelites get to the edge of the Red Sea, the book of Exodus makes it clear the hero of our story is not Moses. It's not Shipra or Pua or Zipporah, although they did great things. And the hero certainly is not the Pharaohs. The hero is God. It is by his design and his power that the Jewish nation is set free from 400 years of slavery to Egypt. God is the hero. God has the final say, and no matter what, our God is in control. Now, God's people are leaving Egypt, and I always thought when I remembered why the bread for the Passover was without leaven, I always thought it was because the Israelites were fleeing Egypt, but they weren't really. They were pushed out. The Egyptians begged them to leave. That's why they left in such a hurry. Exodus chapter 12 verse 33 says the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. Why? For they said, we shall all be dead. They were telling the Israelites, get out as fast as you can, otherwise we might all die in this plague. And so the Israelites, they weren't in a hurry because they were running away. They were in a hurry because the Egyptians were pushing them out. But the reason why I got that mixed up is because in chapter 14, It seems like the Egyptians forgot all that. They forgot that they were the ones to ask the Israelites to leave. Exodus chapter 14, verse five, it says, now it was told by the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go From serving us. And so he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So now Pharaoh has changed his mind. Some friends came and said, This doesn't look like it was a smart move, Pharaoh. And he's asking, what did I just do? I just let our entire workforce walk off the job. And so he rallies the army, which, by the way, is probably the largest the most powerful military on the planet at this time. And he decides to chase them down. And verse 10 says, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And so they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So now the Hebrews, who were in the middle of this giant escape, they've left Egypt with boldness, it says, but now they're scared. Why? Because they're trapped. Not just like, we can't run fast enough because we don't have enough chariots trapped, but because they were literally at a dead end. There was no way to go. There there was no escape. Pharaoh was on one side— and the Red Sea was on the other. And it's an amazing passage of scripture, isn't it? But before the parting of the Red Sea, Moses, he speaks to the Israelites and he says, don't be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. You see those Egyptians, you will never see them Again, the Israelites, they're terrified, they're panicked, they're filled with fear, and they turn on Moses and they say, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt in verse 11? You know, they want to be any place but where they were right then. And I don't think that's hard to understand why they're so afraid. You know, around the Red Sea, there are a lot of tight spaces, and in order to get to uh, the the areas where they were likely to cross the Red Sea, the Israelites would have had to travel down through winding canyons. And you can see you know, on these maps that there's only really one beach that was big enough, one way off of... Uh, this coast of the Red Sea. And the Israelites would have had to made their way down that winding canyon to camp on this beach by the sea. And there's only one way on and only one way off. And since the Egyptians would have followed them through that canyon, the Israelites are trapped now. The Egyptians have swords and spears and chariots. They're famous for their ability to kill. And to the minds of the Israelites, it's only a matter of hours before They swoop down on Israel and slaughter everyone in sight. There is no way out. And at this point, Moses turns to the people. and He says, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you only have to be silent. Exodus 14, 13 through 14. Fear not stand firm be silent you know when your back is up against the wall and you've run out of options that's a whole lot easier said than done you know when faced with situations we can't control we become afraid we get anxious we get nervous we want to change something fix something we want to be anywhere other than where we are have you ever been there but not once through all of this does the bible say worry about it, stress over it, figure it out. Over and over, what it says instead is trust God. You can't change anything. You can't do anything by worrying. Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Matthew 6, 27, worrying doesn't fix anything. It just robs you of time and peace and strength that makes you more weak and vulnerable and prone to do things you ought not to do. And worrying blinds us to the one person who can fix the problem, or at least can help us through it. You know, maybe the most powerful passages in scripture says it this way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, Psalm 23:4. 4. In the valley of the shadow of death, that's pretty much where Israel found itself, here by the Red Sea. It was a very real place of death. And you know what God's answer was for them? I am with you. You know, one of my favorite passages about this is in uh, Philippians chapter four, verses five through six. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, why, why shouldn't I be anxious about anything? It says, because the Lord is near. The Israelites, they wanted out of Egypt and they had good reason to want that it had been a place of slavery and heartache and despair and so god sent them moses who led them out of their slavery they've seen the power of god they've seen it in the plagues that god brought down upon the egyptians they've seen the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire that has led them uh, to this place even now that pillar is standing between them and the egyptian army But now they've come to the edge of the red sea and the army of egypt is nearly upon them and they've begun to have second thoughts they're beginning to think begin or what was it like back in egypt maybe it wasn't so bad after all was it because there are no graves in egypt that you brought us to the desert to die what have you done to us by bringing us out of egypt they asked and that becomes a repeated theme as they wander through the desert when they don't get what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. They begin to pine for the good times back in Egypt. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. That happens a little bit later on in Exodus chapter 16, verse 3. And so in that moment, God gave them manna. And they end up saying, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Numbers chapter 11 verses 4 through 6. Then when they reach the promised land and they hear about the giants that are in the land, they cry out, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Numbers 14, verse 3. Every time life gets tough, these folks repeat the same refrain. I want to go back to how things work. I want to go back to the good old days. I want to go back to Egypt. They're never happy because they want what they want when they want it. And God Isn't giving it to them that way. And as a result, they're seemingly always anxious, always fearful, always afraid. And God keeps coming to them and saying, Don't be afraid, stand firm. Verse 14, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. You only need to be still. Yeah, in the Hebrew, this word means to plow or engrave. That word to be still, it it seems a little strange at first, but it means that God is telling the Israelites to dig in, hold on, make yourself so that you cannot move. You know, when life is coming at you, sometimes the only thing you can do, and yet the hardest thing, is just to hold on. You're being battered by the storm, hit with arrows from Satan, getting rocks chucked at you for doing the right thing, and you want to run, don't you? You want to throw up the white flag of surrender, but you can't just stand still. God is there. He will uphold you. Make a stand and hold the line. If you will just hold out a little longer, you will stand. Be still and know that he is God. His name will be exalted among the nations. His name will be exalted in the earth. God is in control. There's a quote by Ronald Reagan said it this way about heroes. Heroes may not be braver than anyone else. They're just braver five minutes longer. Can you hold out just five minutes longer? Stand firm, hold on, do not move. That's how God told them to weather the storm. But when they found their footing, God gave a new instruction. He says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Exodus 14, 15 through 16. In other words, why do you stand here yelling at God? God's not fair. God's not right. How could you let this happen? And to that, God says, tell the people, move on. Take a step forward in faith. And they say, well, but God, there's sea there. I know. Move forward. Quiet yourself. Don't doubt. Stand firm. And then when you're ready, when God makes you ready, take that step. But father, there's, there's no step to take. I can't move. Yes, you can. And then look what happens. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. And now it came to pass, in the morning watch, the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, The sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all of the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not as much as one of them remained. Exodus chapter 14 verses 21 through 28. Two million people maybe walked through a parted sea on dry ground. And then at the last second, as the last Hebrew crossed and Pharaoh's army was about to overtake them, God pulled the sea back down and not one of them survived. The problem that was chasing them was gone. The terror was gone just like that. Why? Because God's faithful. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He existed before time, before anything, and he is mighty. He is powerful, and he is able to save and save completely. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says that. God is the hero of the Exodus, and he's the hero of our lives too. All we need to do is stand planted and let him tell us when to take that step. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's Word with you next time. Thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's Word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.